Sigler's for a great story. The complex relationships between parents and children. The complex relationships between parents and children. That's the title of a um, of an article that I found recently. The therapist, the author of that uh, article, said that the relationship between parents and sons and daughters is irreplaceable. There's nothing like it, and yet it's really complicated. And the complexity doesn't end. It's not just when. It's not just when parents have little kids, it, it, it's always complicated. And then you, then you throw in mothers-in-law and fathers-in-law and sons-in-law and daughters-in-law and, and it gets uh, even increasingly complicated. We've come to the commandment to number five and you can look it up if you want to. It's Exodus 20 verse 12, but it's just one sentence. We're in the Ten Commandments, continuing to walk through it. We've come to the fifth week, and this week the commandment says, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land your father, the the, the land your Lord, your God, has given you. So let's stop. We're going to talk about what it means to honor our parents in a moment. But first, let's talk about what it means for for that to extend our lives. It says, you will live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. So what does that mean? Well, the Bible scholars I know give us three suggestions. Number one, that this commandment is not particularly for individuals, but was for the nation of Israel. So this is a a national promise that God was promising the nation that if they would be the kind of nation that would treat their elderly parents well, that their history would be long and strong. You may know that that one of the one of the measures of a of a successful nation is how well they they take care of their most vulnerable, including the elderly. So maybe he's saying, if you'll be a nation that will care for old folks, then, then, then you'll have a long and strong history. Another, another option is maybe that if you'll be the kind of people who take care of your elder, elderly parents, then, then you'll, live, you'll live a longer life, literally. You know, there are lots of studies that link health and, and faith. Forbes.com, 2019, researchers at the Mayo Clinic concluded, most studies have shown that religious involvement and spirituality are associated with better health, including greater longevity. So these studies show that if we are people of faith, we tend, we tend to be healthier and actually live a little bit longer. So maybe that's what he was talking about. Or maybe he was saying, if you will take care of your parents, your children will watch you do that, and, and then when you're the aging parent, they will take care of you well. Maybe if you will model what it's like to take care of aging parents, your kids will say, hey, you know, I remember when mom and dad took care of their elderly parents, and of course the you know, the opposite is true, too. In fact, there's a fable in uh, Brothers of the Grimm's Fairy Tale uh, about a, an old man who went to live with his son and daughter-in-law and their little boy. 
The old man's hands were unsteady and trembled, and when he ate, he he always made a mess, and it was so repulsive to his son and daughter-in-law that they they stuck him over in a corner when they would eat, and eventually his hands became so shaky that that they took his utensils away and made him eat with his hands out of a trough, the kind of a trough that animals would eat out of. Then one day they saw their little boy out in the front yard working, making something out of wood, and and they asked him, what are, what are you making, little one? He said, I'm, I'm making a trough uh, for you all to eat out of when you're old, and you can eat with your hands like, uh, like, like Grandpa does. So maybe, if, maybe what God is saying is if you'll model for your kids what it is to take care of your parents, well, they will come along and do the same for you, maybe. Let's take a turn now and talk about what it means to honor our fathers and our mothers. First, I'd, I'd like the attention of all the, the children and the teenagers in the room and watching from home. Your parents are imperfect. They are not perfect. And they don't know everything. And they know that as well as you do. But they do know some things that you don't yet know. They have had some experiences you've not yet had. They've seen some things you've not yet seen. And they love you with a love that you don't yet understand. One day, probably, probably, you will hold your own children. And when you do, you'll understand the feelings that your parents have for you. And you might be overprotective like they are of you, that it just kind of comes with the territory. So your role, if you're as a child and a student, a teenager, your, your role, one of your roles as a father, follower of Jesus is to, is to honor and, yes, obey your parents. But every Bible scholar I know, every Hebrew scholar I know says that this commandment is not primarily about kids who are at home, but it's about adults and aging or elderly parents. 1 Timothy 5 says, if a widow has children or grandchildren, so that's important, a clue for us. This is not just about aging parents, it's about aging grandparents. 1 Timothy 5, 4, if a widow has children or grandchildren, those children and grandchildren should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family, and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. If we, don't, if we don't practice our faith first at home, including good care for our aging parents and grandparents, then our faith is a, a hollow, shallow reflection of the real thing. A major part of our faith commitment is, is to take care of aging parents and grandparents. Now, I know as we age, the relationships change. Somewhere around, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what age, maybe it's 30, but somewhere around, you know, at some point we become peers, parents and children. And then, and then with time, the roles slowly reverse, and the sons and daughters begin to take on more of the role of, of caregivers, and that's when the dance gets really tricky, Right? Aging parents sometimes wonder, what will happen to me 
when I get too old to care for myself. Aging parents sometimes wonder, do my children not appreciate all that I did for them? Aging parents often wonder, why don't they come see me anymore? Aging parents sometimes wonder, am I or will I become a burden for my kids? Aging parents sometimes wonder, why is everyone making decisions for me? But now sons and daughters of aging parents often wonder, when mom is unable to take care of herself, where will she live? Is it time to ask dad to come live with us? What about a nursing home? Is that the right question? Children, sons and daughters of aging parents often ask, how am I going to balance all these responsibilities to my spouse, to my work, to my kids, and all the things I'm supposed to do as well as take care of my parents? In short, it's not easy taking care of elderly parents, but there are two things we must do. Number one, spend all the time you can with them. Number two, be compassionate, responsible, and unselfish. Let's talk about both. One, spend all the time you can with them. No one should grow old lonely. Proverbs 23:22 says, "When your mother gets old, don't neglect her." And we dads would like to be included in that too, by the way. When your parents get old, don't neglect them. I've not done everything right, as you might imagine, and one of the regrets I have, the laments that I have, is that during the last several weeks of my parents' lives, I didn't spend as much time with them as I should have. I really, I wish I had that to do over. When mom gets old, when dad gets old, don't neglect them. Neglect them. Spend as much time as you can. Number two, be compassionate, responsible, and unselfish. Some of you are in the sandwich generation. You have responsibilities for your spouse, for your kids, for your work, for your church, for your own self-care, and you have responsibility for aging parents, and you're trying to juggle all those responsibilities. And, and you're, maybe you're stressed because you're not Superman, you're not Superwoman, and you're, you're feeling badly that you're not doing everything well. Well, just do the best you can. Be compassionate. Be responsible. Be unselfish. If you can't do everything like Superman and Superwoman, at least ask yourself, am I being compassionate? Am I being responsible? Am I being unselfish? And some of you are making or one day will make some gut-wrenching decisions, like feeding tubes for mom or dad, like nursing homes. There are, there's no, there's no rule book that says this is what you have to do. But you have to ask yourself, am I I being compassionate, responsible, and unselfish? One family will make a decision different from another family about such things as nursing homes and feeding tubes and other hard things. But you have to ask, am I just making it easy for me, or am I being compassionate, responsible, and unselfish? This is hard. But one, spend as much time with your aging parents as you can, number two, be compassionate, be responsible, and be unselfish. But what if, what if our parents are deceased? We still honor them. We still carry their names. 
We still carry their hopes and dreams for us so we can be people of character. We can pursue passionately the plan we believe God has laid out for us. We honor our deceased parents by investing in our children and our grandchildren. We honor our deceased parents by not forgetting where we came from. We honor our deceased parents by talking about our parents to our children and our grandchildren. A number of times I've I've been with my kids to Anniston Memorial Gardens where my parents are buried. I have one really sweet memory of being there. We had come down from Virginia where we were living. We'd gone to Gadsden where Carrie's parents were. My mom was still living. My dad was deceased. We drove, my daughter, our daughter Brennan and I drove down 431 from Gadsden to Anniston, visited with my mom. And after that visit with her, we stopped out there in Anniston, at Anniston Memorial Gardens. We walked over to my father's grave. And first we started just telling funny stories. And then I said, Brennan, he sure loved you. And when I said that, everything changed. Both of us fell silent, couldn't speak. We got in the car and rode for long ways in silence, tears streaming down our cheeks. And and my deceased father had been honored. Talk about your parents to your children and your, your grandchildren. We honor our deceased parents by revering their memory. Ralph Finch is a friend of mine. He, uh, he received the Outstanding Alumnus Award at Eastern Carolina University, and he had, as part of that, he had to give a speech. And so he gave me a draft of his speech and asked me to edit it, see if I could help him make it better. Ralph, um, Ralph's story is a hard story. He grew up in poverty. His father was an alcoholic and not a pleasant alcoholic. His mother was basically responsible, but sometimes she would go on these binges with her husband and leave Ralph to fend for himself. Ralph grew up hard. And then they had a wreck. They had a family, terrible automobile accident, and and Ralph's father cried out to God, God, if you will save my family, I'll never drink again. And and the family did survive, and, and he kept his vow. They got their lives together, started selling world book encyclopedias. I bet some of y'all remember world books. So Ralph, the night he gave his speech, at the end of his speech, he said, now I'm about to sit down, and if you applaud, I ask that you applaud not for me, but for my father, Ralph Finch Sr., and my mother, Madeline Powell Finch. And Ralph Finch honored his father and his mother. Even if our parents are deceased, there are ways to honor them. But here's the hard one. What if your parents are or were really bad parents? Some of you inevitably still suffer from the wounds of a difficult childhood. Some of you live with the pain of abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, perhaps even sexual abuse. Some of you, whether by TV or live stream or in this room, some of you witnessed horrible fights between your parents 
or between your mom and dad and a mom or dad and maybe a live-in boyfriend or girlfriend. Some of you grew, grew up in a world that revolved around the dysfunction of, of an addicted parent covering for him or her, maybe even afraid of him or her. Some of you grew up trying unsuccessfully to gain the approval of your father, a father who's, for whom your best was just never good enough. And I'm probably talking to more people than most of us would guess. So how do you honor your parents when they are or were really bad parents? Understand that there's a difference between honor and affection. Honor is, is to esteem, to value. Honor is a verb. Honor is a choice. Affection is a feeling. Affection is an emotion. And the fifth commandment does not say, have warm, fuzzy feelings toward a bad parent. It says, honor him and honor her. One of my good friends from the days of my, uh, my 30s is John Luckett. He lives in Kentucky. John grew up hard. Uh, he grew up poor. Not poor, but poor. His dad was an alcoholic and um, a terribly dysfunctional person. But his mother was worse. His mother was demeaning, belittling, growing probably out of deep pain of her own. She inflicted a lot of pain on John and his two sisters. So I wrote to John, and I asked him, how do you honor a parent, your parents, when they aren't good parents? He began. I used to long for a close, harmonious, tender, even affectionate relationship with my mother. Longed for it, but it was just not to be. I remember he said being at church and seeing a, a daughter and her aging mother sitting uh, side by side along the wall, holding hands, laughing and lovingly talking to each other. And he said, I wanted that so badly, but he didn't experience it. I asked him again, how did, so how did you honor your parents? He said, I didn't demean them. I didn't speak ill or disrespectfully to them. He supported his mother financially. In the latter years of her life, she struggled. And so quietly, he supported his mother, didn't bring it up to her, didn't throw it in her face. There did come a time when he limited his contact with her, even in his 30s. When he would go see his mom, she would belittle him, she would demean him. And he asked me what I thought. I said, John, I think... I think she has forfeited the privilege of having you come so often. And so he, he did cut back on the frequency of his visits. Finally, he wrote, during the last year and a half of her life, she lost her condescending and critical nature. I was able to hold her hand, comforting her, comforting her, and us telling each other that we loved her, that we loved each other. I made peace, John said with mama. I asked John for the advice he'd give to someone who feels little affection for his or her parents. 
John answered, I think I made more headway with her when I was most like Christ with her. When I was unconditionally forgiving and just decided that whatever happened in the past, I've got to put that behind me. I decided I have responsibilities as her son. And after all, he said, it is one of the Ten Commandments. But it came down to a non-judgmental spirit. Don't get me wrong, he said, I never completely got there. But I made more headway with her when I was most like Christ. She was a tough woman to love, Travis. But I don't fight with her in my mind anymore, which I spent decades and decades doing. John said, I guess my answer to your question would be to be more Christ-like. I had mentioned to John the difference between honor, which is a choice, and affection, which is an emotion. And he concluded with this. There has to be a difference between honor and affection because God must have known how rare the ideal is. How rare the ideal is. So John said, I made most headway with my difficult mother when I was most Christ-like with her. John, my friend, is right because from, from the cross, blood, his life blood flowing from his wounds, each breath a struggle, bearing in his soul all our sins, he looked to his friend John and he said, John, take care of my mother. My, son, my sense is that, that today, a topic like this brings up, for some of us, wonderful memories, and for some of us, painful memories, and for some of us, a bit of lament, a bit of regret. But I don't want you to leave here ashamed. I want you to leave here overwhelmed by grace. There are things I wish I'd done differently. There are things I, I lament about the care that I gave, or lack of good care that I gave to my parents. I wish I'd done better. I can't change that, but I can invest in, my, in their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. I can speak of them positively. I can be a man of character because I, deal, I still carry their hopes and their dreams for me. How rare the ideal would be, John said, my friend John, how rare the ideal would be. It is rare. Families hurt and homes struggle. But we're in this together. We are in this together. Let's just make sure that we spend as much time with our aging parents as we can, that we treat them compassionately, responsibly, unselfishly. And God give us, uh, God give us good homes.